One can assume that just about anyone who keeps looking at a burning bush will eventually wonder why the fire isn't burning the bush and what is sustaining the fire. But it is also true that most people would not keep looking. After a first glance and the realization the fire seemed contained, there would be nothing to prompt most people to continue looking. But Moses did continue looking, and he noticed something unique, even miraculous, was taking place. In a sense, Moses' behavior exemplified a choice we all have when looking at life. Am I seeing a miracle? Is the birth of a baby a miracle? Is thought, consciousness, great art, and, for that matter, all existence, a miracle? That is our choice to make. The Victorian-era British poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning commented on this verse. Earth is crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. But only who sees takes off his shoes. Only he who sees. That is the great question. Who sees the miracles of daily life? The answer is, whoever chooses to see. One of the most important lessons of life, one I believe most people never learn, is that almost everything important is a choice. We choose whether to be happy, or at the very least whether to act happy. Whether to be a hard worker, whether to be honest, whether to be kind, whether to see miracles, and, yes, whether to believe in God. At an early age, I decided to believe in God and lead a God-centered and religious life. I was well aware of all the arguments against belief in God, and God never directly appeared to me. I made this decision because, one, I came to realize the terrible consequences of a world without God. If there is no God, life is ultimately pointless, the product of mere random chance. We humans, therefore, have no ultimate meaning any more than rocks. Just as rocks came about by chance and will eventually cease to exist and leave behind no record of their existence, if there is no God, the same holds true for every one of us. We, too, came about by chance, will cease to exist much sooner than rocks, and leave behind no lasting record of our existence. How many of our ancestors can we name, let alone know anything about? Start with any of your 16 great-great-grandparents. A secular scholar of Greek philosophy writing in the New York Times perfectly captured this view. Eventually, everything ends in heat death. The universe certainly started with a bang, but it will likely end with a fizzle. What's the purpose in that, though? There isn't one. The universe as we understand it tells us nothing about the goal or meaning of existence, let alone our own. In the grand scheme of things, you and I are enormously insignificant. I will never see my papa again. One day I will die. So will you. We will decay along with everything in the universe as the fundamental particles we're made of return to the inert state in which everything began. Since I did not believe existence in general and human life in particular are nothing more than a purposeless coalescing of stellar dust, I have to conclude that there is a God. If there is no God, good and evil do not objectively exist because if there is no God, there is no non-material reality. Only the physical exists and good and evil are not physical properties. They are moral properties. Therefore, if there is no God, the terms good and evil are subjective opinions, not objective realities. People and societies call good what they approve of and call evil what they disapprove of. To be sure, this does not mean an atheist cannot be a good person or a God-believer cannot be a bad person. It only means the existence of a moral God is necessary 
for morality to objectively exist. People will counter, to which God are you referring, since not all conceptions of God agree on what is good or evil? The answer is the God introduced to the world by this, Torah, the God of creation and the God of the Ten Commandments. Many people in religions use the word God, but the God about whom they are speaking is not necessarily the original one, the one introduced by the Torah. Honest people can debate God's existence, but what is not debatable is the absence of an objective good and evil if there is no God. Atheist philosophers acknowledge this. When I debated the subject, can we be good without God at Oxford University, with the eminent British moral philosopher Jonathan Glover, an atheist, one of the first things he said was, if there isn't a God, there is only subjective morality. That is absolutely true. The eminent philosopher Richard Rorty acknowledged that for secular liberals such as himself, there is no answer to the question, why not be cruel? Therefore, believing good and evil really do exist, I have no logical choice but to believe in a moral God. If there is no God, the only reality is material. Only if there is a God who is not material does anything non-material actually exist, including everything we most cherish, such as love and the mind. If there is no God, love is nothing more than the interaction of neurons in the brain or the effects of hormones on the brain. And if there is no God, the mind is just the material brain deceiving itself into believing it exists. If only matter is real, the mind is merely another physical part of the brain. Therefore, as I do not believe love is only the interplay of neurons or the effect of hormones, I believe in God. And as I believe there is a mind, not only a physical brain, I believe there is a God. Two, I choose to believe in God because I wanted to lead the deepest, richest, and most hope-filled life possible. All that is provided only by a God-centered and religion-centered life. Virtually every poll measuring the happiness of people living in the West finds religious individuals are more at peace, happier, live longer, and enjoy a more communal life. In the words of a study conducted by the Austin Institute for the Study of Family and Culture, research has suggested that religious faith may be adept in its ability to offer significance and meaning to life, that religious coping mechanisms can improve physical and emotional health, that faith can be a powerful motivating force, and that congregants may receive emotional support from others in their congregations. In light of this, the most important question to ask an atheist is this. Do you hope you are right, or do you hope you are wrong? Virtually every atheist I have debated has said that while they cannot, for intellectual and emotional reasons, believe in God, they certainly would wish God did exist. How could they not? Who wouldn't want to believe life has ultimate meaning, good and evil really do exist, the good are rewarded and the evil punished, and that death doesn't end everything. It is a deeper life to begin each meal with a blessing. It is a deeper life to have community to which you are attached and to which cares about you. In theory, such secular communities could exist, but they rarely do. It is a deeper life to gather with people and study holy texts such as the Torah. Of course, secular people can gather and regularly study, let us say Shakespeare, but for every Shakespeare study group, there are probably a thousand Bible study groups. It is a deeper life to have a weekly Sabbath, during which normal work ceases and one spends hours with loved ones and or members of one's religious community. Therefore, deeply wanting to live such a richer life, I chose to believe in God. 3. I want to live with hope. 
This world is saturated with injustice. Enormous numbers of good people suffer horribly, and a great number of unjust people are never brought to justice. Only if the just God of the Torah exists can there be ultimate justice. Only if this God exists do the good receive their just rewards and the evil receive their just punishments. That, of course, can only happen if there is an afterlife. And only if there is a God is there an afterlife. The only hope that death doesn't end our existence and that of everyone we love. Therefore, as I want to live with hope, I have chosen to believe in God. Of course, there are many who dismiss such a choice as mere wishful thinking. I readily admit I wish there is a good God, ultimate justice, an afterlife, and meaning to my life. Every normal person wishes the same, but that does not make belief in God solely a product of wishful thinking. I believe in God for a host of rational reasons, one of which is the unique greatness of the Torah and the Bible. Moreover, all those atheists who believe there is, or more precisely, who manufacture some ultimate meaning to their lives, should recognize their entire philosophy of a meaningful life really is based on wishful thinking, precisely what they accuse believers of. Moreover, while I readily admit that for all those reasons I made the choice to believe in God, these are not the only reasons. The arguments for God's existence are far more rationally powerful than the atheist argument that everything, life, intelligence, consciousness, and the entire universe, came about by itself. Science would seem to confirm the miracle of life. The more science reveals about the brain, the further it is from understanding how it operates. The inability of science to explain the development of life from non-life, the organic from the inorganic. So again, I acknowledge that belief in God, or in atheism, is indeed a choice. But as noted at the beginning of this essay, virtually everything worthwhile is a choice. I see no good reason not to make this choice, and a myriad of reasons to do so. Yet, while an ever-increasing number of people consider themselves agnostic, the great majority of these people live as if they are atheists, bereft of all the magnificent life-enhancing benefits a God-centered life provides. These individuals are agnostics intellectually, but atheists behaviorally. Such people need to make a choice. Will I live as if there is a God, or as if there is no God? You can be agnostic intellectually, but you cannot live as an agnostic. You either live as a believer, or you live as an atheist. You live either as if life is random chance, or as if it is infused with ultimate meaning. Moses chose to look carefully and see a miracle in that burning bush. And if we look carefully, we too will see a miracle in everything.